0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission.
1: Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Lamont or visiting radiolamont.com.
0: The checkered flag ends the race, but not the race talk. Have your say, ask the experts, make your point. Post Race Tech. The end of the race is only the beginning.
2: Well, what's a Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona? We head into Michelin post-race tech with all kinds of questions uh, to answer. Jeremy Shaw, Peter McKay will try and get some uh, interviews as well, if we can, from our crowd strike pit reports. But there's a huge scrum of people, and that tends to uh, rather block the. Radio Mikes, thanks for staying with us for the whole 24 hours. Well, first of all, gentlemen, by the way, hashtag uh, Michelin PRT to Atimsa Radio. Uh, I'll, st- I'll start with you, Peter, if I may, as the relative newbie to Daytona. Is this your second
3: one now or your third? Th- uh, third here in the booth and fourth in total. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. It's not always like this, Peter. I've got to tell you, when Jeremy (laughs) came here, it was 100 miles, the gap, between (laughs) first and second. How things have changed. That delivered, didn't it?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, Daytona does always deliver, it must be said, but that was a particularly special one. It was just impossible to tell who was going to have uh, the edge there between the number seven Penske Porsche Motorsport car of Philippe Nazar or the 31 Whelan Engineering Cadillac of Tom Blunkfist. They both both cars showed big bursts of pace at various stages throughout the race, and it was just impossible to tell who was going to come out on top. And the great thing is is that you had two very evenly matched machines there, so it just came down to the drivers, and that's really what we all come here as motor racing fans to see.
2: Let's have a quick chat with Daniel Morad. What a drive for that young man helping winward to victory in
3: GTD. Share Adam.
1: Daniel had two times the Rolex 24-hour Daytona winner. How hard were you fighting at the end of that one?
3: I mean, that was the hardest I've ever pushed in my life. I have no voice because I was screaming the entire in-lap, and I almost crashed because I couldn't see. I was crying so much, I, and I'm not a crier. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's amazing to be part of
1: like an organization like this, driving with Mercedes and winning for Mercedes-AMG, Winward with my teammates. It's just awesome, and we're all two-time winners now. Isn't it a beautiful bit of symmetry? Congratulations. Hope you enjoy this watch as much as you did your first. I'm going to put John- them on different time zones now, so I'm
3: not never late. Not.
2: <laughs> Indy Jonty, um, you know what? That triple in the night, that battle that we were talking about earlier, it all adds up to this here in Winnison.
3: Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, uh, every fight is important on track, uh, and also what Daniel showed us the, the last stint, he had uh, uh, balls uh, of steel and uh, he, he kept that Ferrari behind him, which was really impressive. And uh, yeah, it's it's really, really crazy what just happened
2: right now. It is. Russell, Russell Ward here. Uh, Russell, I mean, you know you've got some hot shots in that car with you, but that's what this business is all about. It's putting that team together.
1: How difficult is it to put a team like yours together? You know I mean these guys make it easy. I mean we got the best crew in the whole world and you know I mean we got a fantastic group of drivers as well. I mean, you know, Indy Philip and I tried to make it as easy for Daniel as we can pulling a 30 second lead and unfortunately the fire in the Lexus, you know, just took all that away, but man, what an awesome result. Honestly, I didn't know what we had. We didn't we didn't know what we had at the end. I mean, you know, just the car was just phenomenal, so, I mean, you know, hats off to the guys. This is what this is what preparation and hard work does. This race is one at the shop. I mean, we've been busting ass for, you know, since October, since the end of Petit, you know, getting ready for this exact event. And coming here and putting it all together, this is what it's all about. It's so difficult to get it all together, to get it to work properly, and, man, what an awesome result. I mean, I... I feel like I'm on cloud nine. It's just incredible. And that's, you know, this is, It wasn't a fluke the first time we won it. We came back here, we kicked ass again. And man, looking forward to the rest of the season. That's what I was going to ask you. You won here on your debut. You don't know what it's like to lose here. You know what it's like to lose here. So surely this one feels better. Man, I don't know. Do they both just feel incredible, you know, but it was very similar. You know, it's the same type of thing. Us and the Ferrari at the end, who's got it? And, you know, we come out on top both times, so you know, hats off to the Windward guys. Congratulations to the Windward guys. Well done, much. Russell. Uh, and, and windwards you know, that's a team that's
2: been built up, Jeremy, in a relatively short space of time by Bryce and uh, and Russell Ward. They they took over the the entity in Europe for the for the European side of thing at Alton back in in Germany. They've run DTM, but they've stayed true to where they started here in IMSA, four years is nothing. In the yeah. kind of company that they're racing against, and they've built that themselves.
4: Yeah, yeah, pretty remarkable effort, and and of course had a great result yesterday or day before, I guess yesterday. Now I suppose in the Michelin Pilot Challenge as well. As you say, you're running multiple programs, and right at the sharp end in all of them. It's not easy to achieve that, even for us for a team that's been around for many, many, many years. Which Windward Racing, of course, has not. So, uh, extremely impressed with what they've managed to achieve.
2: Uh, let's see if we can grab a couple uh, of questions. Tom Firth, any speculation on what caused so many issues with uh, wiring in various cars this year? That's actually a good point, actually, because there was more than the odd uh, one or two. I, I don't think we can probably give you that answer, Tom, to be honest, but I think the, the guys at at uh, Winter Racing with Andretti Autosport, Peter, they must have had their... Their hearts in their mouths when they saw and what appeared at the time in the middle of the night to be a carbon copy of what happened to the the Philippe Albuquerque number ten Acura uh, when that car was dead stick and then and then
3: and then and then it restarted and it goes on to be third. Weird things, racing cars. Well, we've seen, we've said this many times. These are complex cars, but it, it sometimes it it can come down to a variety of things. Um, you know, if you if you wind the clock back to the mid to late 2000s where the Porsche RS Spyder, which was an incredible, reliable racing car but it wasn't to begin with and actually vibrations caused terrible issues with alternators and so you think that's an electrical issue but it's not actually but it's a physical vibration that caused it so I'm sure Akira will be really going back to the the drawing board with uh, looking into that issue. Let's pick up uh, some thoughts
2: of a rookie on his first run here at Daytona to third position Jensen Button Jensen, I've got to ask you your thoughts and
3: reflections on your first day Oh, uh,
0: wow. I mean, that, that was an experience. Um, I've done a bit of endurance racing before, but nothing like this. I mean, you know, when there's 60 cars on track on the banking, it's, it's like a game of chicken at 200 miles an hour. But, uh, no, a lot of fun. And, and I feel so privileged to do it with these guys um, and, uh, and Wayne Taylor Racing. Um, they, they all did an amazing job. I'm just such a tiny part of this. You know, I'm just making sure they get some sleep at night. but. Uh, it was a great experience, uh, and, uh, you know, I think fair play to the whole team. Congrats to them for getting a podium. We didn't have the pace for a win here, but uh, with Wayne Teller Racing, you always know they're going to get the maximum out of the car, and they did that this weekend, so uh, congratulations to the whole team.
2: Your team actually won our BDO strategy award because of that very thing. Um, if you were asked back, I take it you would come back.
0: <laughs> I definitely would, and, uh, you know, um, it's, it's such an amazing... An amazing event, but, I mean, there is not... You don't breathe for a second. It's just, even though you're not racing cars in your category at moments, it, the traffic is nuts, so it's it's non-stop. Is that, um, is that your first experience of high banking like that? Yeah, it is. It's crazy, isn't it? In, in a race, yeah. yeah but, yeah. Uh, no, I, I loved it, but, you know, coming back here with a bit more experience would be nice. Um, and, uh, I, you know, the experience that I had here. So, yeah, I, w- I would definitely come back, but, you know, at the moment we're just going to enjoy this and, uh, um, you know... Louis, Colton and Jordan, it's, uh, as I said, it's lovely to work with them and I hope they go on to do great things this year with this car. Le Mans bon with a Porsche is going to be a doddle after that, isn't he? Uh, it's, it's, I was just saying to the guys, racing in WEC this year, it's a lot calmer. We've got 37 cars and a much bigger track, so very different style of racing. They both have their, their own strengths and weaknesses, uh, but, yeah, it's nice to get this, uh, this under my belt. <laughs> great to see you, mate. Great to see you. Thanks, gents. You
2: could absolutely hear all 10,000 watts of the smile there, couldn't Mm you, Mac? Fantastic. Uh, He's going to go go to Qatar and go,
3: where's
2: the rest of the field?
3: You've got to remember, he won a Formula One World Championship and all the euphoria that comes with it. Yeah. And yet, here we are 14 years later, Mm -hmm. and he's still got that youthful enthusiasm that I think all of us true fans have. And that's uh, that's why we're, we're so lucky to have characters like Jensen and many others come here to race at the Rolex 24.
2: Let's take a look at some of the uh, headlines that will get crunched over the next uh, few days. Uh, two new GT3 cars from the giants of Ford and GM, Corvette. Uh, neither of them uh, particularly uh, shone out uh, the best of the... Corvette was way down. It Alex Sims, I think, in the GTD Pro category, but that was better than the Fords. Jeremy, I don't think either of those US leviathans of the Blue Oval and the bow Tie are going to be awfully happy with how the how the new playthings have performed there.
4: Agreed. Uh, I mean, you know, they, obviously, this this is their first race, but uh, they are two. Um, very experienced manufacturer teams that come here fully prepared, ready to race. Uh, you know, we talked about it earlier on the the Corvette was here. I think just a couple of days after last year's Rolex Twenty Four, yeah. they've learned an awful lot since then, uh, and uh, yeah, they came up short here. I mean, they had they had reasonably good pace, and they're running strongly when they were running when they were running, uh, but unfortunately, they had problems and put them out of contention. And, and pretty much the same with the Fords; they ran mm. probably a lot better than I thought they were going to do it, particularly in the early stages. And then they had their difficulties and fell back down the pack somewhat. But, you know, it's, it's certainly added to what is already a tremendous recipe in GTD. Uh, having the Particularly having Ford here joining the fray is going to add a lot of interest during the season. And for quite a while during that race, in the, again, in the early stages, we had a, the, the Fords and the Chevrolets battling together. And that was really fun to watch. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that this year, but along with nine other manufacturers as well.
2: Uh, that was very bizarre, the Ford issues, uh, Peter, because it was all... Um, <laughs> sorry, I could get myself into trouble. All rear-end related, uh, but not differential. This was bodywork. This was the boot deck leads, uh, problems with the uh, diffuser underneath. Uh, at the back, after it taken maybe a bang, maybe going over a kerb, new car niggles.
3: It's got to be. They've done a lot of testing. Uh, they had the car on track from around March last year, and they've tested it in a lot of conditions and done a lot of mileage with experienced test drivers. But I'd be interested to know whether they, in testing, they actually test hitting one another. Um, <laughs> I I, I'm being deadly not. serious because yeah. this is the, the, you know, there is in a as a packed a GTD field, and whether it be GTD or GTD Pro, as packed as that field is, there's just going to be inevitable contact throughout the race. It' not malicious in any way, most of the time. Um, but I think that's something that maybe they haven't tested, and the bodywork design is isn't able to take the hits. And if they want to say take that car to racing more sprint orientated GT3 racing, like DTM or or other types as well, um, they're going to have to strengthen it. Otherwise, they're going to have more and more retirements. Uh,
2: Let's look at LMP2. Just, just oh, sorry, go ahead, just, well, just
4: a quick. note. No, just looking at the the best laps by by each of the uh, of the drivers, and, and looking at in in GTD, Ferrari clearly played the the game well because of the top eighteen driver fastest laps in the race. Eleven of them were in Ferrari.
2: Interesting.
4: Yes. Well, but the fastest of all was Sheldon van der Linde's BMW. Yeah,
2: BMW. Uh, but in both the GTD form and in GTP, Turner, surprisingly, were barely a factor. Uh,
4: yeah, they, they they were for quite a long time. They were and a then, factor until they, they had an issue. Yeah, that's right. Pace-wise, they
3: were there. Right pace-wise, they were there. Yeah. Um, but Paul Miller uh, you, were going they, great guns until they had those braking issues. They, yeah. They're going to be getting tired of that by now because they've yeah. had this car for two years. Three years. Sorry, correct. You're right. Three years. uh, You would hope that it would be a very developed and finished package by now for them. So to keep having breaking issues and costing them, costing them a fair shot of the win because they did have the pace. As Jeremy just said, they had the outright pace to challenge the Risi Ferrari. Uh,
2: The BMW team RLL hybrid V8s with their problems during the night, flattered to deceive. Uh, we thought they'd turn the corner towards the end of last season, Jeremy. Got, got mm. a couple of decent results after a test at Indianapolis, I think it was. And then start to go to tracks that they tested on. This is not the start of 2024 that they need for their GTP programme. They've put a lot of work in. They've got Von Voss and WRT about to go to work in the FIA World Endurance Championship. And... Less than sparkling, I would say, for Team RLL.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I think yeah you know, the cars were pretty competitive. <laughs> Excuse me, pretty competitive, but uh, it was just those electrical problems that there was kind of overnight that put them back there. And then they were running, yeah, they were running reasonably well, but nothing, nothing s- stellar. Uh, I think I think everybody expected them to be run a little bit more strongly in the race, but then they, as I say, it, it's really it really all came down. To that final couple of hours, like we thought it would, uh, when the the ante was upped, mm-hmm. and it was just those two drivers, probably and certainly those two teams, that stood out amongst the rest. Number seven, number thirty-one teams, um, and I think you know Felipe Nasser and uh, Maddie Campbell and. Um, Joseph Newgarden and Joseph, well Cameron. yeah and, and, and yeah but it, it was really just out of those two cars at the end of the day wasn't it? In term, it and would have been I think even if if everything had continued without the other cars having any difficulties I must talk about we must talk and the talk number zero one of course yeah yeah yeah, mm, yeah, well, yeah that's yes. the
3: big I think that's probably the biggest disappointment of the yeah. race for that team because they were cruising all week
2: oh and uh, we still didn't really get the bottom of that did we it was just it broke basically, is what they said. There was clear disappointment from Chip Ganassi and Cadillac Racing. I, I must talk about and get your thoughts on LMP2. It's a class that, other than Le Monde, has been, um, in the WEC at least, abandoned by the FIA and the ACO. I think that's a mistake. I, you ha- I think you have to have a junior prototype category. And I'll tell you why. Because you want to showcase... The skills and hone the skills of people like the youngsters, Jeremy, that we saw in those categories today. And if they're coming up helping and mentoring a gentleman driver or they're getting their own skill base up because they're so young that they're a silver or a bronze driver... That's the next set of GTP drivers that are coming through there. They're career-minded, and that's why we need an LMP2. Oh, and by yeah. the way, it's rather entertaining.
4: Yeah, fantastic race, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, really tremendous race. I mean, you were five cars in contention there all the way through the end. There were three of them were battling over over third position in the end because, once again, we had two standout drivers there in Christian Rasmussen and Malta Jakobsen uh hats off to Malte. i mean you know he's a he's a youngster he just 't think still only 20 years of age isn't he Malte? and mm. boy he was he was fast yeah he he was super fast uh in that car he, he was actually colin brown i think i think it was colin brown who set the fastest lap of the race in lmp2 that would not surprise me but no. toby sari was quick as well in that well car. they were all three were, were super fast mm. yeah yeah it was colin brown who set the fastest lap at a a 139.392. is a 39.433. He was second fastest driver in LMP2. So the CrowdStrike racing by APR entry took first and second on that little chart. Um, Christian Rasmussen was blindingly fast all the way through the race. Um, And, you know, having these youngsters in there does make it really, really interesting. And mm. Connor Zilish, though, just oh. you know, seventeen years of age, first race here. Of hats off to him. Yeah,
2: we're going to see him go to Xfinity. He's yeah. on a fast track with uh, with General Motors. He did some Grand Am, uh, sorry, Trans Am racing yeah. with um, horny's close quarter skills in wheel and master mx5 racing had to use that a bit as well i've heard him talk about that in the interview
4: yeah and you know he, he had two strong he's gonna do is he gonna do the full series of that this year in the i don't think MX5 so his, i okay. think
2: he's doing a variety including some more mx5 some more transam and something xfinity okay. too i hope we don't lose him. Yeah, um,
4: no, exactly. I mean, I, I, I yeah, he, he's he's a talent that turned left and right, and yeah, there's more road course stuff these days in NASCAR, but uh, it, it, it'd be good. To, it's going to be good to see him racing whatever.
3: He'll be somewhere in this paddock, <laughs> whatever championship it is. Might I suggest initial
2: that initial of all see. the goodness that was in LMP2, United Autosport will not be a happy bunch of Yorkshire people.
4: Well, uh, no, but the, the, the cars were fast. Uh, I think it was a. Uh, I think um, Daniel Gobo had a, made an error, didn't he? So that was that car out of contention. When it was right there, uh, and the other car lost a lap with something. I, I can't remember what. Um, yeah, ended up to, it, and it was only, just was, a lap away. Yeah, it was only it? a lap away, exactly. So uh, without that loss, they weren't able to get that that lap back um, and, and finish a lap off the lead. But it was, again, a strong run for them. And then they're in it for the full season this year with those two cars, and they are going to be winning races this year, of course. Wow.
2: Uh, yes, uh, of course. Of course they are. Um, finish up with uh, a couple of real star performances you've mentioned. Some of the young drivers, uh, Daniel Morad, yeah. the, the whole sim racing community, Peter, were, they were behind him. Yeah. behind him, And Lauren Heinrich mm-hmm. as as well, uh, proving if proof were needed. And, you know, very apposite at the moment. We've got the Gran Turismo movie out, uh, probably... Um, even more um even more um significant actually what daniel's done uh down through that he's he's a real star as is lauren uh,
3: daniel's uh, daniel i think has used the sim, sim racing in a slightly different way to to what lauren has you know, daniel was a he was a bit of a prodigy he was formula bmw champion in 2007 he was world karting champion so at that point you're thinking well, he's on the ticket to he's the big, on the fast ticket back to the big time but it didn't come all too easy for him. And, you know, after winning the Rolex 24 in 2017, uh, you know, things maybe started to dry up, but he used the sim racing as an opportunity to raise his profile. And profile is yeah. important. We're in the entertainment business, remember. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets in the car, he backs it up. And that's... Yeah. and. You know, as I'm sure he'll say, you know, a lot of uh, he does a lot of development work in the sim on his own technique and and what have you. So I think that is for Lauren. It's a it's a similar story, but for Lauren he was trying to climb up the single seater ladder and just simply didn't have the the finance. And mm. he thought, but I want to. He wanted to compete at the top level. He got into sim racing and realised that he was world, He was you know very very strong at it. And he's really done his sit, uh, virtual motorsport alongside his outdoor motorsport if you like um, and built it up a, a lot along the way full metal Full metal. Yeah, virtual and
2: full metal. Full metal. I remember Mr. Jones. Yeah. Uh, We move on to Sebring next, Jeremy, uh, which must strike fear into the hearts of the two new GT3 manufacturers. They had trouble keeping the cars going round round here, and Sebring will shake everything uh, to pieces. It's good news for Porsche, though, because their factory cars as well as their customer cars were all there at the end distinctively different race over 12 hours into the darkness where you've got to make the car work there rather than get through the night and make it work in
4: the heat of the day and the bumps yes respect the bumps it's uh, it's it's a totally different challenge uh, to the Rolex 24 at day turner is this evening 12 hours. And uh, and, uh, and that's why the drivers love it. And that's why the teams enjoy it, because it, it's hard work for everybody there. And it's hard work for the engineers to make the drivers happy. Well, it's an impossibility to make the drivers happy, because if the car works well in one part of the track, it, it most assuredly won't work well on the other part of the track, i.e. the smoother bits and the not-so-smooth bits. Uh, but uh, it, it's that challenge that makes it so enjoyable for everybody, I think. And it's always a tremendous race there. There's going to be a great crowd on hand. Mm. And, and uh, if oh, we yeah. have some nice weather again like we've had this weekend, boy, hasn't that been wonderful?
2: Well, what an advert for Sebring this is. Yeah. And, you know, we're in Florida. It's the, you know, we joke about it being the 36 hours uh, of, yeah. uh, of Florida. It's a month away yet, St. Patrick's uh, Day weekend. The race is on Saturday the 16th with uh, races on Wednesday, uh, excuse me, on Thursday and Friday. I said this in commentary, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. I think this event, the race is always going to be great because it's the Rolex 24 Ditto. And for 62 runnings of it, it's always been great. There'll always be something to talk about. I thought the event this weekend was absolutely mm. stellar, Jeremy. It was, I wasn't really it? Did.
4: And, and all the races have been magnificent. Oh, yeah. Uh, last weekend's VP races were really yes, interesting. Yes, they were. Uh, the two Mazda races, I, I didn't see the second one, but the first one was f- was phenomenal. Yesterday, or s- Friday's, Michelin Pilot Challenge race was one of the best Pilot Challenge races we've ever had. And we've had some really, really good ones over the last mm. three or four years. So, yeah, it's been a brilliant start to the season.
2: I'll, I'll finish with one note of caution. I don't like to be negative at the end, and I don't really want this to be negative. I just want to pass on a few comments that I heard down in the paddock from some of the teams. And it's about qualifying. We qualify here at the Raw. Now, I quite like that, and it gives some uh, point to the Raw in terms of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. It means that practice leading to there, because they have to be there. All the WeatherTech cars have to be there. It's mandated. But then what we have is quite a lot of practice during the week. And some of the teams were saying to me, we've got two practice sessions too many. We don't need these. We'd rather have qualifying in race week. My answer to that is, but then if you break the car, well, don't break the car. Okay, well, that's fine. Your thoughts? yeah i mean look i'm torn t- i'll be honest i'm torn i can see it both ways yeah
4: I, I i certainly for the last two years when we've got gtp that are brand new cars and yeah. still learning them now i mean we learn, know a lot more about them now than we did one year ago when we came into this race one year ago uh, everybody was thinking and saying even that they thought an lmp2 car was going to win the race overall because all the gtp cars would be by the wayside within the first few hours well they weren't um and uh, but this year as as again the gtp cars have been very reliable particularly considering how complex these cars are but for the other split. classes in particular i agree i think there is too much track time now um and particularly because the teams are so professional now that you know they're all properly prepared they've all been here for their private testing as well yeah. so do we is the raw really that necessary nowadays? Uh, I'm not so sure that it is, quite frankly.
2: Or if we do, do we slide in another series to have another couple of races on yeah. Thursday and Friday? Yeah. I mean, I just, it wasn't I just exactly... have a couple
4: of sessions. I, I, yeah, I, and and yeah, I, I, and because now yeah, the Rolex teams don't get start running until what Thursday? Do we? we just run Thursday, Friday? Correct. If they had another session on Wednesday, yeah, um, and and fewer sessions last weekend, I, I think it'd be, uh, yeah, it would make.
2: I understand not wanting Just, Peter to have a qualifying session on a Friday be, be,
3: before a big race. But
4: no, you want one on a Friday, You'd do sure. it on
2: a Thursday, wouldn't you, before night That's what night yours used to be. Do yeah. it,
3: why, not, why not do it on Thursday night under the floodlights? Well, How cool would that the, be? Get people well, in after work. It means, people I mean, come the, after work.
2: qualifying is, that's a very good idea because qualifying, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything in terms of learning the car for the race anyway no, so you might no, no. That, actually i quite like that point. yeah and mm-hmm. i think no, that would be spectacular. Be quite, it would
3: be atmospheric and i i, People I, I coming have to after say work, yeah. on, on reflection listening to both of your opinions on it I, I, i'd agree with, with, with jeremy as well you know, on the point that you could quite easily combine the roar weekend and the uh rolex 24 race week if you like into one maybe slightly bigger week but one more kind of continuous run rather than bringing everybody out yeah. and then have them kind of have three or four days where you've got to put your entire team in hotels and things and they've not got a great deal to do and uh, and it's a it, little tweaks i don't think it's a a massive thing but i think it it, it might need a wee tweak maybe
2: you walk round the the vp paddock what's there thinking about that, of saying, you know, effectively, they are the headline racers on the Raw weekend. Do they like that, or would they prefer to be part of the week?
4: Um, I, I don't really know that. I didn't, really, I didn't ask the question, certainly. I, yeah, they, everybody seemed pretty happy here last weekend. Yeah. They, they, they were part of the show, and as you say, they, you know, they, the focus was on them in terms of the races. i tell you what they did love was the fact that all those Boy, boy Scouts and Girl Scouts were here yes. last weekend, yeah. 5,000 of them, yeah. and the grid walk... I mean, none, it of, virtually, very few of the drivers had done anything like that before. Yeah, I mean, some of the good. guys who've done pilot challenge have some of the have, but most most of them haven't, and several of them, or many of them, actually commented about how cool that was. Yeah. They really enjoyed that aspect to it.
2: Uh, uh, well. We're nitpicking. I, I, yeah, I accept exactly. yeah, we that we we're are. doing that it because, it's, I, I, but I, I'm just—I'm not saying it's yeah. right or wrong. I, I just think mm-hmm. we have to—it's—it's it's our job to to explore this in some respect, and it reflects what we're getting in on hashtag Michelin PRT. Thank you very much indeed to all of you who stayed and watched and listened to not only us here at Daytona, but also what the team in Dubai have put together over the last few days as well. And it's it's been, it's been good. It's been brilliant. It's been superb. And we've kicked off the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship with a classic event that has been a classic event. The 60-second running of the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona has lived up to the billing. The International Motorsports Association... It was international, it was sport and we were associated with it. Thank you very much for being with us at Daytona. Thanks particularly to our tech team back in London. Hugh joined Curry and Tim today. I'm John Heindorf. We'll see you at Sebring. Bye-bye.